Hey there folks, how's it going? I'm Owen and you're back with part two of the Monument Cycling Podcast with Hannah Farron. Hannah, how's it going? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm pretty good, thanks. So we're back and I really want to deep dive into the uh, biggest topic of the day and that's coronavirus. So I can hear the groans already, but uh, I figure it's something that really must be affecting teams, riders, yourself as a team manager. Like, how are you finding it? Um, at first, I think obviously it was a massive, um, massive shock, and especially when we kind of got word from British Cycling that the season would be on hold a lot longer than we thought it would. Initially, we thought, um, I think their initial ban was thirtieth of April, and we thought, right, well, we've missed kind of the opening couple of months, and then when it got extended to June and July and August and September we kind of sat down and we kind of looked at really where we were and and what our sponsors needed from us and what we needed from them. We contacted everyone and we really came up with a a social media strategy and engagement strategy around this is where we are. We're going to have to work with what we've got and what creative ideas can we come up with? So we done kind of like Q and A's, rider takeovers. um, We done our Zwift meetup. Mm. Just we worked with our our sponsors really um, around what what they yeah. needed because we've got a real mix of sponsors. Some are not in the industry, uh, the cycling industry at all. Some are completely. Some are half and half. So it was really tailored to to each partner really. Yeah, I guess that means that some are continuing to trade and doing just exactly. fine through coronavirus, and some are like on hold. Yeah, um, yeah. So we've we had quite a few who NRG, who are our helmet provider, um, and the bike shop near us. They obviously continue to trade, and they've seen a massive boom in sales around people getting out and getting active. Um, and then you had Presca, who are our clothing provider, who had to kind of shut down their operation because of the factories in Europe. Yeah. So it's like, right, how do we promote them um, in kind of two different ways, really? So, so yeah, it's, it's been it's been a challenge, but I think we're kind of we're over the worst now, aren't we? And we yeah, can kind of so. see see a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Did you find uh, I found it difficult as an organizer to one minute be prepping for a season of races, and then the next I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. Uh, and you know am I going to have to switch to being a a brand engagement outreach program or just running media relations for sponsors and things like that I think it's been really difficult because we we had a um some of our riders were on a training camp in February we came back on the 1st of March we had it all set up we'd had a winter of hard work planning with the team as well we had all our goals set out, um, race applications put in for things like Tour de Yorkshire, and then it all came crashing down. First of March must have just been like straight back home into a lockdown almost. Yeah, it, pretty much. Within about 10 days, it was... Because even when we were in Spain, we thought um, and the UAE, UAE tour was cancelled. Yeah. Um, I certainly didn't make the connection of the whole season is just about going to go. Um, and I think there was a lot of panic at first around what a sponsor is going to do. How are we going to keep the team together throughout this period when 
your whole identity as a race team that function isn't there the racing isn't there um and we're a tight-knit team and everyone gets on really well so it was all about pulling together and I kind of opened up the floor to riders to say what do you want to do um do you want to do some takeovers um and, and really work with sponsors around how could we help them really yeah and you've, you've done some things like that haven't you I've been keeping an eye on it <laughs> Yeah, we've done, um, like I say, takeovers. We've done our Zwift meetup. Um, we've done like our nutrition partner, Enfuse. We've done some things with them. And then Boom Pods, our title sponsor. We've worked with them around how can we promote their products. So I think we've just tried to be really dynamic with the way we've delivered the content. Yeah, I certainly, it's interesting. I found... Um with my sponsors uh they were very open we've got a good relationship and and some of them were just like we don't know what's gonna happen so we're just gonna yeah. and like it was understandable they were they were kind of no hard feelings and uh i'm sure we'll kind of start back up again in the new year or, or something like that but it was that's when it really hit home for me when sponsors are saying we're not so sure that we're going to be able to support anything but our biggest events and then going from that to saying we're not going to be able to support any events um with teams as well there are a lot more dependents um around you know 10 riders or something like that Mm -hmm. it's um i think what what i was shocked at was when you saw kind of top world tour teams cut rider salaries um and you think if the world champion is getting her salary cut where does that leave the rest of the sport it was really a moment where i thought right where is this gonna go um and things seem to level out obviously as the cycling industry has seen a massive boom yes yeah and companies have weathered the storm um in in different ways i think we're on an upward trajectory now. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. And hopefully, in- <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> and then in that terms, uh, uh, sorry, in, in that term, coronavirus has the potential to reshape society mm-hmm. as a whole, you know, and I guess it's kind of out, out of our remit to think how it might reshape economies and things like that. Um, but it may well do that. And, and if it yeah. does... Are we going to see a reset in cycling, whether it's competitive cycling or just recreational and commuting? I think definitely the latter. So I think um, recreationally and commuting, obviously the cities are putting new infrastructure in, um, sort of London, Manchester, places like that. I think they'll see a real boom because there's quite a few barriers, obviously, with traffic and safety elements. I think... On a, on a racing level, um, I know we, we've discussed previously around the article I produced for British Conti around a need to just reset and need to kind of go back to basics with the, the domestic scene and work our way up and really make it operate within itself as opposed to, I think it's a lot better now, but when I was first introduced to the sport, there was so much excess And I felt like it wasn't sustainable, whereas now I feel like you've got teams um, like Ribble and um, other teams, like Ribble Weldite, that are really pushing forward for it to be um, 
sustainable rather than previous teams who are, who, who have now folded. We've definitely seen a lot of teams. Um, the big one for me was always, uh, well, Rafa, JLT, Condor, that that team brand. Uh, when mm-hmm. that went, now I I understand the kind of the circumstances behind it were also that one of their major sponsors got taken over uh, by a competitor and changes afoot when that happens. But when they folded and then Madison Genesis, Madison were really open about why they were folding. And, and they said mm-hmm. they're just going to follow a different side of the sport. Yeah. And it was no, we're really unfortunate, like really, really sorry. Or um, these are unfortunate circumstances. They were just open about this has kind of run its course and we're going to do something else now. And and Madison yeah. are in cycling. So if they're thinking yeah. that, you know, what were other sponsors thinking? Um, yeah, I think I was really shocked when I read that um, from a, a company within the sport. Um, and I think you've got you've got to look at the kind of top teams that are still around now. Um, like I mentioned, sort of Ribble Well Day. Um, yeah. They've really took a fresh new approach and built their way up sustainably and that was what I was really trying to get at in the article that it has to be sustainable otherwise you'll just see teams come and go um like it was it was mad to me that you saw people on salaries that was more than at a world tour level I swear we had like hundred thousand pound salaries didn't we and I feel like fifty thousand <laughs> yeah, pounds it's crazy a team could run on that like yeah Exactly. And it was just around wanting it to be sustainable. And I think it was well received overall. I think um, I'd had a good insight into it from doing um, some some Swanee work and, and being within the sport. And I just observed it from afar, really. Do you think that coronavirus is going to drain funding away from teams or is it going to re invigorate as people see the changes in society is there going to be this flood of money back into cycling i think obviously um depending on how the economy recovers and and marketing budgets and things like that i think we potentially see a new source of sponsorship and new companies wanting to be involved in the sport obviously hoping there'll be a cycling boom coming from it um as people get fitter companies are wanting to use cycling as a vehicle to promote their business so i'm hoping that fingers crossed it won't drain it and i'll actually see an increase in in funding maybe not right away yeah um as companies kind of get back on their feet but in the long term i don't feel like it'll be detrimental yeah some sort of kind of green recovery boosting the the competitive side of the sport as well yeah and and in terms of the the sponsors this is a sticky question. Um, your sponsors, other team sponsors, um, certainly one I know of that has been sticking by is Brother UK. That I know they've yeah. done a lot of work behind the scenes. Have mm-hmm. you been seeing from your perspective uh, support from sponsors? And uh, you know, is, is anyone <laughs> anyone worth calling out or shouting mm-hmm. out and and uh, supporting? I think we've been really lucky that all our sponsors have been really supportive and really engaged with us um, because we've wanted to support them through this really tricky time. 
Um, and we're really lucky that David, um, who is behind Boom Pods, is really passionate about the team. Um, and he, he came on board right away and said, we're here to support the team. We're here to do whatever we need. And he, he's been great. And, and the girls kind of are really appreciative of that. Um, overall, I think the vast majority of sponsors for all teams have, have stayed on board. Um, obviously, towards the higher end of the sport, kind of world tour level, you see a couple of teams have had their funding pulled, rider salaries cut. Um, I know Bigler, the women's team, obviously Bigler and Katusha, that was an issue with them pulling funding, but they've recently secured a new sponsor, haven't they? Um, is it a French... French Fashion House, I think. Yes, um, yeah, it is. I can't for life remember the name, but so it's good to see that new sponsors are coming on board where old ones have left. Um, and I think that's just it, it's just a sign of the times, isn't it? Around how the virus has has impacted on on, on everything, really. Certainly, yeah. I, I was. It's interesting. I was speaking recently to um one of the creative. Uh, folk behind the bikers best campaign mm-hmm. yeah which hopefully we've seen uh when i saw that advert honestly it was one of the best adverts i've ever seen not just because it was his face everywhere <laughs> but um <laughs> the interesting thing we were talking about was that this idea of cutting funding to marketing yeah and whether or not that's like a fool's errand uh you know saying mm-hmm. well we can cut that money and and we'll have more money but is that money uh, the money that makes money. Uh, if exactly, you know, if I yeah. say money so many times, hopefully that'll make sense. <laughs> it's a it's a catch twenty two. Um, yeah. One of my work colleagues came from marketing, and we had this discussion because obviously she has a background of of being in marketing, and I have a background in how to market companies within our our team, and and we were having that discussion around. Obviously, it's the first budget to go if you're trying to cut costs but actually it's the budget that will make you money yeah so it's like is it a catch-22 um around companies cutting it i'm, I'm not sure yeah i certainly don't envy them right now it's not a call no. that i would want to make personally that's uh that's for sure and what about the you as a team where the sponsors have held on and and supported you is it adapt or die Do, is there like a thought hey we've got to change how we do this you know we're not doing races uh i think i think we always had a really strong social media presence anyways um partly driven by the riders and partly driven by us and me observing other teams um and how they've really used social media as kind of another tool around creating a successful cycling team kind of beyond just winning races and it, it it was a sink or swim exercise in terms of we can either massively panic and think right we're not racing at all this season what do we do with the team or we can kind of adapt and and hopefully we adapted yeah well i certainly have seen it's seemed like that from my point of view as somebody Mm -hmm. who um i guess has the luxury of sitting back a little bit as an organizer uh and and seeing how different teams are doing you know i don't have to support any one team it's been really good seeing the the way boom pods in particular and and a few others have adapted and changed what you you're doing 
I think we've always wanted to create a really fun environment around the team as well and a bit of tongue-in-cheek around promoting sponsors and we really wanted to just engage and keep it beyond just the racing which is what we've always stood for it's kind of not just a racing team it's a whole built um buying into the idea of promoting women's cycling and engaging with the riders positive role models so we've really pulled on that and, and obviously not had the racing element to it yeah do you think it's gonna kind of affect permanent change as you go forward you know next year if, if say coronavirus is just a distant memory uh mm-hmm. Do you think the changes and lessons you've learned from this period are going to stick with you and change the way you run teams? Or is this exceptional circumstances that it's like, thank God that's gone? I think there'll be a certain element of relief in terms that we can get back to racing. Um, Because all the girls obviously love racing, the, the training, the getting out, being with the team, going to new places but I think there'll be a period of reflection and kind of absorbing what happened what did we do right what did we do wrong how can we continue to push forward and what can we take from it um there's with meetups they went down really well do we continue to do that do we do a bit of virtual racing um do we engage more around um Kind of, I know Ribble World, like they've done their kits so or they oh, yeah. opened up the, the floor for fans to, to design their kit. Do we do a, kind of a one-off a one-off kit? Do we do stuff like that? Um, loads of things we could take forward. Um, but I think we'll be really looking forward to getting back racing. Yeah. Um, and hopefully things, things die down and, and we get a full season next year. But I think if there's one thing this thing has taught us, it's just to be adaptable um, and, and a bit flexible. Yeah, definitely. And that's a positive uh, positive outlook though, isn't it? I think I think we've, we've had two. Um, I think when you've worked all winter to get the team up and running and, and all the riders have been training really hard, it, it can be heartbreaking to think it's all been for nothing or it's all apparently been for nothing but I think the way we've handled it I, I'm really proud of the way the riders have, have handled the situation and really grateful to our sponsors for sticking by us um, and, and as well for the for the community for the cycling community you kind of you always want kind of your competitors and and teams to to be there when the season picks up so it's good to see that they've weathered the storm as well yeah everyone's everyone's really pulled around each other in, the, in a good way yeah and i think that's really good about women's cycling we're all we all it's such a small pool we all know each other we all train with each other um you'll see people at races hand out a bottle even if they're not on your team sort of thing which i think you've seen that in this period of time as well we've all been handing out sticky bottles to each other <laughs> yeah yeah i think I, I can't i hope it happens in the men's um peloton as well but definitely with the women's definitely yeah and on that note everybody hand out sticky bottles to <laughs> team boom pods on instagram it's uh was it at team T- uh team boom, at pods? Team boom pods yeah perfect yeah. and uh You've got an Instagram yourself as well that people can follow. Yeah, so it's just at Hannah Farron. Um, that that's my personal one. Um, and then obviously we've got Facebook and Twitter as well. They're just at Team Boom Pods. 
Perfect. That's your call to action. Go and follow, <laughs> go and follow Team Boom Pods. Pick a team yeah. that you like and support them. Uh, I think really yeah. is, the, is the takeaway. And folks, you can always follow Monument Cycling on Instagram as well. Uh, we're at monument underscore HQ. Uh, and then you can subscribe to the Monument Cycling podcast and show us some love everywhere, every week. Um, Hannah, thank you so much for joining me. It's been brilliant talking to you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Really appreciated it and enjoyed talking to you as well. No problem. Thank you very much, uh, folks. Until next time. Bye.